game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Long pass up to Carrier. Carrier with Deshane. Oh, she scores! win it 4-3 in overtime. Alexander Carrier's shot on a two-on-one in overtime carries the Nashville Predators to a 4-3 victory over the Edmonton Oilers tonight. The Oilers record slipping to 17-14-2. They are winless in their last three games, 0-1-2 over that stretch. The Predators are now 13-13-4. Jack Campbell, the goalie for Edmonton tonight, stopped 31 out of 35. Ryan Nugent Hopkins with a couple of goals. McDavid extending his point streak to 13. Games, but overall, Rob Brown, I thought the Nashville Predators were the better team this evening, uh, and they deserve the two points. I agree. Uh, they certainly were five on five. I think the Oilers, obviously, when they when they have their power play uh, going, as they did again tonight, they are dominant on that, and they scored a couple power play goals. But five on five, uh, Nashville had the better of the chances, and I think once the Oilers came back and tied it up in the third. I think the at that point, Nashville was the better team from then on. And the last couple of shifts, Nashville had a number of good chances. Uh, some great saves by Campbell in this, in this game. Uh, I think Nashville played with a little more pride, a little more desperation in their game than we've seen in the last number of games between these, between these two teams. They were much better five-on-five five against Connor and Leon when they were on the ice. And it was a game that I think... Nashville will be very excited about the way they played, and the Edmonton Oilers probably a little disappointed in the fact that this is a team that they have toyed with for the last two years, and tonight uh, probably fortunate to come out with a point. Well, and Leon Dreisaitl, how about this, against Nashville, held off the score sheet after having 30 points in the previous 10 meetings. I set the line high today at three and a half points for Leon for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. Fred took the under, so he wins the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. And UC Starro stops 30 out of 33. I thought both goalies were good in this game. In overtime, there is going to be an open chance or two or three or mm -hmm. four or five along the way. Zach Hyman, a minute three into overtime, is all alone in front set up by McDavid. He won, touched it, got it off quickly, but Saros made the save. Yeah, if you want to beat the Oilers in overtime, you have to survive the opening shift with Connor, Leon, and Nurse, and survive Nashville did because of that save. Uh, McDavid, uh, at the end of the long shift, as Dreisel had changed, he went behind the net and just found the opening to get it to Hyman, who came from the bench. He changed for Dreisel, and Hyman did everything he wanted to do. He got the puck quickly, on and off his stick, didn't worry, uh, didn't have to stick handle, didn't have to take any time. He did what he needed to do, but Saros came up with a big save. And in overtime, the team that wins usually can go back and say that there was that one save that gave them that opportunity. That was a save that Nashville needed. And once they survived that opening shift of Connor and Leon, they were able to have their opportunity, and Carrier made absolutely no mistake on his chance. 
His second of the season from Glass and Niederreiter is the decisive strike 2-12 into overtime tonight. Predators take it 4-3 over the Oilers. Power play, uh, you know, a big story again for Edmonton. It goes 2-3, for three, so their percentage for the season will now uh, creep up over 32%. Nashville does go 1-2. for two. They've lost six in a row. A couple uh, in a shootout or overtime. They've been 0-4-2 in their last six. Didn't have a power play goal that entire time. So they get off the schneid, as Jack Michaels likes to say. But, yeah, Nuge tied it early in the third. Great shot right in off the post, minute 53 into the third. And then, you know, I take notes of some plays. Like 17-34, Campbell, big save on Granlin with the left wrist. Looked like it was going in. Uh, Ekholm, who had a few chances tonight, open look from the right side, and then Cody. I thought that's going in, and, mm. and and with 15, 18 left. So, yeah, not a not a great night overall for the Oilers. They do enough to get the point. You know, fair enough. Yep. Power power play and goaltending uh, count, but. You know, I don't. I don't have a problem with the way Campbell played. I nope. mean, four goals on 35 shots. Uh, I mean, he stuck. Ekholm had two chances in succession on a two-on-one in the second period. I, I thought he had a pretty good game overall. I agree. And, and the the glass half empty, as you say. Well, Campbell had a great game, yet he let in four. So how many odd men or grade A scoring chances did you give up? And the Oilers gave up a lot. Uh, the one. Uh, Weakness that the Oilers have had this year has been defensive play, giving up grade A scoring chances or five alarm chances. That happened again tonight. Uh, they've been able to outscore a lot, but I mean, you give up four goals in a hockey game, it's hard to win. And I know the fourth goal came in overtime, but still, this is a team, the Oilers, it seems like every night it's a three goals against. Now, sometimes the Oilers will score, will score six, but you're always starting from the fact that you need to score three minimum to get yourself a point. So Campbell came in, he played well, he gave his team a chance, he got his team into overtime because when it was 3-3, the best chances after 3-3 all went to the Nashville Predators. Unfortunately for him, a, a wide open two-on-one on a bad line change for the Oilers allowed the Nashville Predators to steal the second point. Yeah, it's 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 pretty hard to blame a goaltender in overtime nope. on three on three unless he totally muffs one. I mean, it's just Saros made, made the save. And Saros, now, I, I, I don't know if McDavid put that puck to nurse right where he wanted on their two-on-one early on, but Cyril's knifed it away. He, yep. had to, he, had to, he had to make a decision. Do I go across or do I knife it away? So we all also made a good play there. He did. I mean, the Oilers had a, a two-on-one. Uh, then they had a second one where Drysdale made a play. And oh, then the, they had sh the, nurse, the, the nurse, nurse shot. Yeah, yeah, another one. So they had three odd man, really, breaks in overtime. Saros uh, made one save. Nurse hit a deflected over, and then obviously the big save, Saros on Hyman. And at that point, again, they survived Connor and Leon. So now they've got about a, a minute, a minute 10 to try to win the hockey game before Connor and Leon came on. Connor and Leon were on the ice for the goal against, but that was just a, a bad line change. Uh, and it's tough. And the one thing that the NHL did right when they, in overtime, is they make the change the long change, which is, allows for what we saw there. Nugent Hopkins changing when he goes to the bench. The opposition, Nashville tonight, said, okay, they're changing. Let's get to the far blue line now. Now for anyone coming off the bench, they got it's a long ways away to catch up to them. So give Nashville credit. They realized that the Oilers made a change. The two guys went to the far blue line, created the two-on-one in a wonderful play, but I believe it was Niederreiter. I know that he was one of the guys who got the assist. I think it was he, the one that passed the puck up. And that's the defenseman, Carrier. He's the guy that's standing at the far blue line and taking the pass, going in on two-on-one. So uh, the Oilers, rarely do we see them 
as the team at the end of an overtime, skating off with heads down. But Nashville made a nice play, and I don't think, uh, I mean, that's not on Campbell. That's a wide open two on one, and Carey, he picked the right spot, put the puck in the net, and the Edmonton Oilers now going to Dallas on a three-game losing streak. Yeah, a team that absolutely crushed them earlier this season. Predators take it 4-3 in overtime. Here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Even game uh, from both sides. Yeah, I thought their team uh, played us hard tonight. Obviously, um, you know, um, it seemed like a seesaw battle a little bit. Uh, we were never able to get the lead on them, um, but uh, I thought our team fought hard. Um, you know, in the end, it was decided in the overtime. You like have to like the fact that your team was able to battle back from down a goal three separate times in the contest, though. Yeah, I think it speaks to the character of our group, uh, the leadership of our group. That um, you know, we believe uh, even if you've given up a goal, that you can get right back at things. And um, you know, uh, you know, the types of goals that we scored tonight, I thought were uh, very good. We got contributions from a lot of people, um, and uh, you know, uh, you know, we came into a tough building got a point we're ready to to take that and move on now the last three games i mean new just making the point that you can make a case that you know all of them could have gone the other way the mm -hmm. game this one at the same time they didn't so is it, is it a bit of a sag do you have to concern yourself about stopping and sniffing it in the butt yeah, I mean, you, you never want to not win the game. I mean, we, yeah, you know, we we want to win, we want to win the game, and um, you know, we had the opportunity to win all three of those games. We we haven't found it, but for me, um, you know, you know, this game could have gone either way. Uh, in the end, they made a play in overtime, and, and they found a way to to uh, get the extra point. But uh, as I said earlier, I, th I thought our team fought hard today. What did you see from that? Uh, new third line of uh, Yessi, uh, Dylan, and Warren tonight? Well, they contributed um, with a few things. Uh, Fogel uh, drew a few penalties uh, with uh, some speed and, um, you know, just hanging on to the puck. And then, uh, you know, obviously uh, for Yessi to get on the board by, um, you know, getting our first goal, I thought that was real positive for him. Um, and the bench was very happy to see him uh, get that. And, um, you know, I thought uh, they gave us some good minutes tonight. Good. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Jay. Yep. All right, that's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Predators beat the Oilers 4-3 in overtime. Ekholm got an early one. Pugliarvi scored his second of the season, first since October 26th. It was 1-1 after one. In the second period, Gross put the Predators ahead. Nugent Hopkins got a power play goal, then... Duchesne got a power play goal with 7.58 left in the second period. Probably the best the Oilers played in this game, Rob, was after that 3-2 goal for Nashville until the end of the second period. Nuge got the one early in the third. That was, well, not probably, that was the Oilers' best stretch of the game. It, it was, and this wasn't a game that Nashville dominated. This wasn't a game where the Oilers weren't involved. Uh, Saros had to come up with some big saves. The Oilers did have pushes in this game. Uh, I just think it, it, five on five on the overall, if you look at the overall chance, I think five on five, the Nashville Predators were the better team five on five. Not remarkably, but they were the better team. And uh, the Oilers had to chase the entire night because 
the Nashville Predators came out with a much more determined effort than they have in the past number of games against the Oilers. Uh, the one superpower that the Oilers have is their power play. It was as good, if not better, than it usually is. It goes 66% tonight, and that keeps them in every game. And the reason the Oilers got a point tonight was they got very good goaltending in the third period, and they got another important power play goal for the Oilers in the third period. That is a big reason that the Oilers get at least one point in this game uh, and give themselves a chance to still have a successful road trip. It's just a little more pressure now going into Dallas. Not, not often you look at McDavid and Dreisaitl, uh, regardless of what line they're on, they've been together for a while now. Sometimes mm -hmm. they're split up. Not, not often you look at them and say, you know, five on five, they didn't have a great game. But I didn't think that by their standards, especially. I mean, Drysaddle did get four shots on goal. McDavid had one, um, but they they were hemmed in at times. And yep. we've seen this uh, a couple times here on this little losing streak that they're they're not getting the puck out as quickly. They're not able to recover pucks in the defensive zone as quickly. Well, if you're the opposition uh, and the coaching staff's okay, how do we stop Connor and Leon? And, it, and it's not just Connor. It's every offensive player that's ever played in the history of the National Hockey League. How do you slow down the opposition's best players? We'll make them play defense. Uh, get a good forecheck going. And be smart. Uh, the one thing that we've seen teams in the past when they've got a forecheck going against Connor and Leon, they'll get a little antsy and they'll try to make a 50-50 pass. And that 50-50 pass, when it doesn't work out, it turns into an odd man rush and Connor and Leon are scoring. Uh, Nashville was good not forcing anything. If they didn't have it, they threw it behind the net. Their defense did a good job of pinching and keeping pucks in. And when their defense pinched, Nashville always had a high man back. So, uh, yeah, I... I agree. This was Leon and Connor were hemmed in a lot. They had a couple good shifts, but I think on the most part, I think the Nashville Predators right now in the dressing room saying we did what we needed to do against their top line. They were minus two on the night, so that means five on five. Nashville, when they were on the ice, they had the the victory against those guys. And usually, on a night if the Oilers' top line is minus, there's a good chance that the opposition has a chance to win that hockey game. So yeah, Leon and Connor, this was an off night, which usually spells huge night in their next game. Predators take it 4-3 in overtime. Our quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. Holloway goes to center, plays with Fogel and Pugliarvi. Pugliarvi scores. Uh, he played 10-57 tonight. Holloway plays 11-12. Tough night in the face-off circle, going two for nine. Uh, Fogel plays 11:56. Drew a couple penalties. I I, I didn't mind that line. I, I, mean, well, I thought when they were on the ice, they they were quite effective. I thought they were very good. Uh, I think all three of them played well. Uh, Pugliarvi looked like he had a little bit of confidence, a little jump. Scoring a goal will do that. Holloway was excited because he's getting some ice time. He was good. Uh, and Fogel, I think he's just carrying on what we saw before he got injured. He was starting to hit his stride, and he was very good again tonight. They had a couple other good chances to score goals. With uh, with Holloway playing center, the tough part about that is when you're usually playing wing, you don't practice your face-offs very often in practice. So that's something that I imagine that if he's going to be put into a center position, for a little while here, they'll the work on that because if you have a guy that's going two for nine, it's hard to put him on his line on the ice in yeah. face-offs in his own zone, so that kind of handcuffs the coaching staff. But as far as everything except for the face-offs, I thought that line was probably their best five-on-five -five group 
in the game. I thought they controlled play most times when they were on the ice. All right, and Jesse Pugliarvi breaking that goal-scoring drought will be our fourth star of the game for Jandell Homes, Alberta's premier modular home retail. They're the uh, three stars picked in the rink, Carrier, or Carrier, Duchesne, and Eckholm. Bob gave one to Nuge. I guess he's also the fourth star. <laughs> Two goals. Didn't, didn't get a star uh, as the Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to the Predators. Okay, you can get us at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed pro all the way. We have Tony calling in tonight. Tony, good to hear from you. Go ahead. Um, I have a question for you guys and... I noticed the same thing that you guys noticed tonight about Leon and Connor. It just seemed like they weren't there tonight. Do you think it could possibly be that they're being played too much, just like how it seems that Nurse seems to be playing too much, even though he does usually play 25, 26 minutes a night? They just look like they're tired and... I I mean, it's hard to say they ever get tired because they seem like they're both machines at time. But, yeah, I think you could say that they have been overplayed. And at times, no matter how great an athlete you are, a a well-rested one is always going to be a little bit better than a guy that's got some fatigue in his body. And they have overplayed or extended the minutes of, of their top players uh, over this long stretch, a lot of the reasons why they've been in close games or they've been trailing and had to have comebacks. But yeah, it, I would imagine, I mean, I know it would af- affect me. It would eventually take a, its toll on my body. And as good a shape as these guys are in, I think Connor and Leon, with a little more rest, would be better hockey players, just like every other human in the world. So yeah, I think I think tonight there was a little bit more effort to, to play all four lines. Uh, Reed pointed out, Late in the game, we saw the fourth line on the ice. They continued to try to roll that. I think it's important that you roll all four lines because at some point in the season, Connor and or Leon may miss a game. It might become at an important time. It might be in the playoffs where something will happen and they're injured. Or Darnell Nurse, we saw him miss game uh, six last year against the Kings in the in the first round. You've got to know what other players are capable of doing in big moments, in stressful situations. So that's why you've got to give these guys an opportunity to, to, uh, to, to show if they're capable of playing. So, yeah, I think maybe fatigue was a little bit of a factor tonight because they were not as effective tonight as they normally are five on five. Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to the Nashville Predators. McDavid played 25 minutes. Now that includes some time in overtime. Dreisaitl was 21-47. Nurse was 27-13. Hyman was 21-43. But but again, some of the the depth guys, uh, I mean, everybody got over 10 minutes except Costin. Except Costin, which is, I mean, we've had games in which all six bottom six forwards were below... 10 minutes so yeah it's and we talked about this with with Tippett too and I think that was one of the things that maybe led to his downfall we'll, we'll see how it goes here with Woody you know he doesn't have Evander Kane doesn't have Ryan McLeod which would change the dynamic a mm-hmm. little bit um the the fatigue is one thing and you're right there I mean every team Connor and Leon have been on in their lives has played the heck out of them yep. because of, of course you, you're going to give them more ice time sometimes I worry about Rob and, and, and I could be totally wrong here so you've been in dressing rooms mm-hmm. and benches and I'm not suggesting oh like it's it's a rift or anything like that because I, I don't think it's it's that bad but 
or I don't even know if it's happening on the Oilers, quite frankly. But, you know, Derek Ryan made those comments last year. Yeah. I mean, very critical of his own coach because he made them before Tippett got fired, saying, you know, it's it's hard to be... Well, it's hard to contribute when you're not getting the ice time. And I just wonder, like... It's a team. Of course, there's a hierarchy. Of course, there yep. are better players. I mean, we got the Packers on right now. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was just yelling at a guy because he messed up a pattern. <laughs> like, it's going to happen, right? There's yep. a hierarchy in the team. But everybody wants ownership of the team, right? Like, if I'm never – it's one thing to say, okay, my team is is trailing by a goal, and I have five goals in 400 career games. Okay, maybe I'm not going to play as yep. much. But if I'm a checker – do I, do I not want to be like, hey, it's tied or we're up a goal with 10 minutes left? That's why you I, I, sh- me. I should get three yep. or four shifts here. Well, what you're also doing is is everyone on the on, on the Edmonton Oilers is playing for – this is their livelihood. This is – some of them, they need another contract to be able to stay in the National Hockey League, and they want to be able to show it. No one wants to be a cheerleader. I know it, it's fun watching the superstars on your team play, but – Everyone wants to be part of the team and feel that at the end of the night, they contributed to a win. Uh, I know that I've been on teams where, uh, say, for example, Yarmer Jagger, okay, Brown, you got Jagger on the power play. When he comes off, you go out. And I'm like, okay, he's probably going to come off at the 159 mark. I better be ready. So, I mean, it does, you, you've got to involve everyone. And I remember playing in junior. And in my last year junior, I had over 200 points. And we had a power play, middle of the season, Five on four, and then it turned into a five on three, and Ken Hitchcock took me and my line mates off. And I gave Hitch a look like, okay, seriously, what are you taking me off for? And he's like, I don't know if you're always going to be here. I don't know if there's could be injured. I have to see what these guys can do on a five on three. I got to give them an opportunity, and I got to give them some love. And I think that's something that y- you get blinded as a coach because you've got these two incredible athletes that don't seem to ever get tired, but there is, it's at a cost. Because there's players on the team that, okay, well, we joke. The Devin Shores line went out there. They had a good shift, forced the other team to ice the puck. They were out there for 10 seconds. As soon as they ice the puck, they get pulled off because of faceoffs in the offensive zone. So what was your reward for creating that icing that got you a faceoff in the opposite end? It was a trip back to the bench. So, yes, I do believe it's always better for a team that everybody feels part of it and everyone gets an opportunity to be part of it. There are situations where certain players should play more. As you said, when you're losing, there's certain guys, when you're losing, he's not going to score, this guy. So these guys aren't going to play. But there's guys that are on this team, as you said, a Derek Ryan, uh, a Costin, uh, a Fogle, that are brought in when you have a lead to be able to be put on the ice because you're supposed to be trustworthy. So, yes, I, everything you said there is true. Uh, also, Devin Shore was below 10 minutes. He was at 8.48. Costin was at 8.49. Every other forward got over 10 tonight. Zach Hyman had seven shots on goal. He was excellent and, in this and game. And three again. hits. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marcus Niemelainen was credited with four hits tonight, as was Koston. Uh, Niemelainen played 13-10. If you missed it earlier, Broberg and uh, Murray now both injured. Jason Demers has been signed to a two-way contract, so he could be brought up from Bakersfield if needed. Well, it, both those players, those two D-men you talked about, injured in non-games yeah so it's <laughs> it, you you need depth and obviously the demurs being signed to an nhl contract gives the oilers a little bit more depth and experience depth i don't know if you'll we'll see him up here or not but uh with those two guys out nima lining up from the minors playing a regular shift uh who knows how long it is until maybe demurs gets up here for at least uh, as a safety in case someone gets hurt in a warm because right now the Oilers don't have an extra demon up here do they 
No. So all of a sudden, if an Oiler D-man goes down in practice or in warm-up, you've got no one to be able to throw in there. All right. It's a $300 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They are given 100 bucks to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous for every Oilers goal throughout the season. The Oilers' three is enough to get them a point, but the Predators get the two points. 4-3 overtime decision. You're going to hear from Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and we have plenty of time to hear from you. 780-496-0063. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's Rider goes in behind the Edmonton net. Blast after it, has it on the left. We'll get it into the slot, going in front, the shot, nice save! Campbell coming across, and Cheneau got the pass across on the left side. All right, that's the save of the game by Jack Campbell for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. The Predators win 4-3 in overtime. I thought Campbell played well, stopped 31 out of 35. He takes the overtime loss, so his record now 8-6-1 on the season. Stuart Skinner, contract extension earlier today. He's 9-8-1. Skinner's deal three years, $7.8 million, so that is 2.6 per season, Rob. Uh, that well, if you combine hours, multiply it by a hundred, we're almost making one tenth of what he is. So, uh, good on good on Skinner. Uh, well deserved. Uh, he is nothing has been given to him throughout his career. He's earned everything he's had to get. He's got a little bit of um, safety now that he knows that he's here for three more years. After that, he's got a contract. He can go out and save the puck, not have to worry about anything off the ice that way. Uh, good for the Oilers. They got, at this point, their starting goalie signed for three more years at a very, very cost-efficient uh, number. So I think it's a win-win for both. But it just, the more you hear Skinner talk, the more you hear about his story, it becomes that much better a story for, for the fans to be able to cheer on this hometown kid that's always wanted to play in his hometown. And now he's, well, he's wrestled the starting goalie job uh, as his own and you just hope that uh, he continues to improve like he is and he's on a bargain contract for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, he'll probably start uh, in Dallas on Wednesday night. That's going to be a 6 o'clock face-off show game at 7.30 here on 6.30. Chet. Well, this is a treat. Sirius Gord calling in on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Gord, go ahead. Hey, guys. Um, we're at the 40% mark. I don't know if you noticed that today. No, I didn't. I only go by <laughs> thirds and halves. Who okay, goes by who, who does the who, like who does the two fifths point of the season? <laughs> it's two fifths. Okay. Um, <laughs> what's the pace? Uh, what do you mean? What's the pace? Their point pace. Not. It's not a hundred. Uh, it's not good. I know that. Um, I think it's more than just trying to make the playoffs. I think it's. I think our objective's a lot higher than just making the playoffs. Would you not agree? Oh sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're on an eighty-nine so point pace. Oof, that's not good. Um, although there's so much parity, that's another call-in topic for sure. Um, so in your guys' judgment, is this team complete enough to truly compete for the Cup this year? No. Not the way they've played. No. no. I would have thought they'd be better than this, but no. Yeah. So even with Cam- even with Evander getting healthy, presumably is a good recovery, uh, I wish him all the best, they still aren't good enough. No, I don't think so. I think just if you look at Evander Kane will make them a better hockey team. Absolutely. But the problem for the Edmonton Oilers isn't what 
Evander Kane brings. Evander right, Kane is an offensive player that brings some toughness up front, but they leak scoring chances. I just, I think I just went through their last 17 games. Only twice have they given up under three goals. This is a team that just gives up too many grade A scoring chances. So no, I don't think this is a finished product. I think they've got a great, great base and a good nucleus to build around, but I do believe there need to be a few additions and possibly a subtraction or two to make this team uh, a truly contender for the Stanley Cup. And, and and so this, but I mean, you would agree this is pretty much a win-now uh, era right now. Well, in the next few years, absolutely. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And I think what we're looking for, really, if we were to be uh, frank about it, is a, a stud right-hand defenseman, right? Well, I, well, I don't care. I don't care right or left. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave that aside. I'll leave that aside. <laughs> I but, think but. they need they need a top-four defenseman that plays big, mean, and nasty. Yeah, I honestly, okay. Gord, I, I don't... Maybe I'm going to eat my words someday. If they acquire a defenseman, I don't care how many points he's capable of no, getting. I, 100%. I'm capable of how yeah, many points he's capable of preventing. Yeah, if, he's, if he's Rod Langway, we're all over it, right? Sure. Um, well, Rod's a little slower nowadays, but someone like him, yes. <laughs> you know what? But he might hold his own on this team. <laughs> <laughs> so my point being is, is, is there was a player who was involved in two huge blockbuster trades back in the day that utterly changed the fortunes of the team that he went to and the team that he left. And that was a guy named Phil Esposito. Phil Esposito went to Chicago, or sorry, came from Chicago in exchange for Pitt Merriman, a bunch of guys back in the 60s. Two years later, I think it was, the, uh, the Bruins won the Cup. Um, later on, he was traded yet again, and there's the famous anecdote, Harry Sinton, Bobby Orr, and Esposito are in the hotel room, Orr is resting against the window ledge. Sinden comes in, and there was talk that Espo was going to be traded. And Espo said, Harry, if you tell me I'm traded, I'm jumping out that window. <laughs> and Sinden says to Bobby Orr, move away from the window. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he was traded, and Brad Park and Rattel came back and, and made Boston a dominant team that if it wasn't for too many men on the ice penalty, probably would have won a cup. My my lead on to that is I think this team is at a point where we need a general manager who's got the kind of cojones that uh, Harry Sinden had and make that blockbuster trade. And frankly, the best player, the best option, the one that makes the most sense, without question, in my opinion anyway, is trading Ryan Nugent Hopkins for something. Yeah, you're the you're the second person. Uh, I don't know if you were listening last week on Inside Sports. Sorry, a gentleman, no, I wasn't. A gentleman called in and said to trade Nugent Hopkins, Puliarvi, and a first for Bo Horvat. Sure. Well, I don't know. I don't know what's coming back the other way. Yeah. My point is, is that is that he is the kind of asset. He's absolutely at the peak of his career, just like Pitt Martin Martin was and Brad Park was, or whatever. You get my point. Is that he's a he's a quality enough asset that we can get the kind of asset or assets back that make this team a cup contender. The biggest, I used to work in retail a lot. I know I'm jumping around here, but I'll finish on this. I used to work in retail a lot. And the biggest mistake small business store operators make is they fall in love with their inventory. That they got something that they, that they, that they, that they have too much of, they can't, but they just can't part with to get that shelf cleared off and get something there that's going to make uh, make make the store work. 
And I see a general manager who, and a fan base, frankly, that cannot conceive of the idea that there's valuable top-rated assets, that we have too many of one kind and not enough of the other. We have to move one out and get the other in. So, well, you don't, you, well, But you know what I'm going to say. Like, how do you go sure. to Nuge after signing that long deal and a no-move clause and say, Okay, we want to get rid of you. Please waive it. Well, don't get me started on no move clauses. Um, well, but but they're real though, right? Like he I has agree, one. I agree. Yeah. I, but what are you going to do, right? Um, I'm just saying that is the trade to make. Maybe you go to him. It depends what team you're sending him to. Right? Yeah, I just so, I can't see Nugent Hopkins saying yes. Why would he want uh, to? Well, then that backfires on somebody when they sign no-move contracts. I have a, an anathema for no-move. I think this is the kind of pickle you get yourself into when you do yeah. that. So, yeah, well, so, I, I mean, mean anyway, the others might be in a pickle, I, but if I'm Nugent Hopkins, why? I mean, you're having a career year. You're in the best power play in the league. You love being in the city. Why would he ever want to go elsewhere? Did Weber and Suvan both have no-moves? Or either of them? No, oh, I can't remember. Well, I no, I know. I know it's possible to get around. Yeah. I, I just think that that's. I it's just think it's an awkward easy. conversation. <laughs> I don't. I don't deny I, anything that you're yeah. saying analytically. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes you got to have unpleasant and uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, you, you're right. Yeah. Well, true. You, you can have the conversation. You, you and but, I have had several. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can have the conversation, <laughs> but Nugent Hopkins <laughs> doesn't have to say yes. That's the thing. Why would agree? Like, well, I mean, like. You know, you trade him to a team where where he has a chance to win a cup there as well. I don't know. Yeah, maybe well, he becomes the first or second line center instead of languishing on the third line. Well, he's not on, on the third wing. line here. He's top six here. Well, I think he should be well, a left winger wing. here personally. I, so do I. He should be a sure. top six left winger. He's better. That that, that I mean, you're, what you're saying is if they can get what they need for someone as good as Nugent Hopkins, yeah, I mean yeah. it's on the table. But he's got to say yes to the trade. I can't see him saying yes to any trade. I just can't. I'm not Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I don't know. No, neither, neither do I. But no, I'm like, enough. but you're having a career year on the best power play in the in the world, playing with Connor mm-hmm. or Leon. Why would you want to go anywhere else? He loves it yeah. here. And he wouldn't it. have signed but, here long term if he didn't. But you're, I, but I mean, you're right. And I, Rob and I have said all the time, like they need they need beef, and I think they especially need it on the back end. Oh, 100 percent, they do. I, they don't yeah, need more what? goals. They, the Oilers score they, enough they, goals. They need yeah, someone to stop goals. They need some yeah. meanness. The Oilers on their back end sometimes are easy to play against. Well, most nights. And even on, the, nice. the crazy thing is, and you, I want to see what you think, Gord. E, e, to me, even on nights the Oilers play poorly offensively, they often mm-hmm. still score enough to win. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because no, the, they're, 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 they're a 500-horsepower motor in a Ford Pinto. I mean, that's the problem, right? They don't. They got no traction on the back end. And... The, the thing is, is the, the the amount of defensive asset or assets that we need, you're not going to get it with uh, a full Garvey who's got. No, no, exactly. Yeah, well, you're exactly well, right. No, you're right. You're exactly right. To get and someone it, good, and you have to you give tra- up someone. And then if you trade Broberg for a defenseman who might be good for two years, yeah, and you don't win the cup, then, yeah, but, then you don't have Broberg. But even right? Broberg doesn't get you what Nugent Hopkins gets. No, no fair. I'm just saying hypothetically, right you know, if you yeah, trade yeah. a younger guy for something. Yeah, I, I, I. And the thing is, okay, so those those high-end assets that we have on the f- offensive side that we have a a surplus of that every other team, I think, in the league pretty much envies, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm looking at the assets. Which ones do you no, you're, expensive? You're, you're 100% I mean, just, right. You're Absolutely right. And, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a very good hockey player. Yep. And to get – it's funny. Whenever we have people talk about trades, and I got all kinds of yep. buddies that will talk about trades, they're always getting rid of players that we don't want. 
and said, let's get rid of these guys, and then they want something yeah. good back. Well, if, if you don't want them because you don't think they're good enough, guess what? The GMs around the league yeah. don't want them either. To get <laughs> something good, you have to yeah. give yeah. up Which is why good. this is an interesting hypothetical, and yep. I do think yeah. it'll remain a hypothetical. Gord, thank Uh-oh. you. We got we got to go. But uh, Merry Christmas. Great. It's good to talk to you, you again, too. man. Take care. All right, that is serious score at 7804960063. Well, that make might make other people call. <laughs> and we will uh, we will get to the people on hold after the 9:30 news, but the Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to the Nashville Predators. Nuge scored twice, Jesse Puliarvi also scored, and the Oilers are now 17-14 and 2 on the season. And and Gord threw out that word parity despite that, uh, you know, and being only on pace for 89 points, the Oilers are by points percentage, eighth in the Western Conference, the second wildcard team. By points, they're ahead of Colorado. Colorado has a better points percentage. So you, you, you'd be underwhelmed by this record, but given thing, how things are going in the West and in the Pacific, uh, they are in a playoff spot at the moment. Tough game coming up, though, against Dallas in a couple of days. Okay, more Heartland Ford overtime open line after the news. Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Brings it on the left, rolls on, hammered along the boards by Yamamoto. Yamo gets the crunch of the game for Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. I thought Yamamoto worked pretty hard tonight. Uh, The Oilers lose 4-3 to the Predators in overtime. Also, late in the third, no score. Islanders and Avalanche. Colorado out shooting the Isles 42-25. Late second period, Sabres up 3-0 on the Golden Knights. Tage Thompson is 26 of the season. Also late in the second period, Coyotes and Canadians in a 2-2 tie. 31-15 are the shots in favor of the Coyotes. Early second period, no score. Blues and Canucks. Stars beat the Blue Jackets 2-1. Orloff in overtime. Capitals knock off the Red Wings 4-3. Bruins take it to the Panthers 7-3. Monday Night Football Packers over the Rams 24-12. NBA in overtime. 76ers beat the Raptors 104-101. World Junior tune-up game. Shane Wright, two goals and an assist. Dylan Gunther, two assists. Connor Bedard, three assists. Canada six. Switzerland nothing in Monday in the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for joining us. 780-496-0063. We have Frank on the line. Hi, Frank. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, enjoyed that conversation with Sirius Gord. That comment about the Pinto was classic. Mm. Uh, watching uh, the game tonight and listening to you guys uh, talk about the game tonight, uh, it seems to me, and I guess Sirius Gord made the point, uh, we're really no better than, than a 500 team, and maybe our expectations uh, after last year's run in the playoffs was that we were going to be better than a 500 team. Uh, I think I worry a little bit about how the players in the dressing room are handling this. Uh, losing and losing streaks, obviously, uh will show the true character of, of the team and Woody's going to have his, his hands full trying to get through this little stretch. Uh, and in the game itself, I still think the Oilers overpass the puck rather than, I know a comment was made that uh, every shot they take, uh, you want it to, to hit the back of the net. 
Sometimes uh, I wish they would just shoot. I just think they overpassed the puck too much. And uh, you guys said it. They offensively are doing the job. Defensively, they're not. And when are our high-end uh, offensive players going to get frustrated with the fact that uh, this management and coaching staff have not been able to get uh, the right defense uh, on the team? What do you guys think? Yeah, well, a lot of good points. I mean, I think... Personally, I don't have a, a problem with the fact that the expectations were high. I think that was a good thing. The first few years Rob and I were working together, uh, you know, it was like, I remember, I don't think it was on this show, Rob, but I think it was Inside Sports. Like a caller called and was like, can we just have like them not be out of it by the end of November? Um, so I, I don't. I mean, I didn't have a problem with the high expectations. I think they should have high expectations. I, I think the, the playoff run last year um, should have created high expectations. I, and I don't have a problem with saying that I, I still expect more from the team. Um, and I think that's why we're having some of the conversations that, that we're having. Uh, yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, obviously, they're not happy in the dressing room. I think that they're hopefully experienced enough to know even though, as Gord said, we're 40% of the way through the season, there's still 60% left, and there are more teams behind them than in front of them. But, yes, we're st- I still feel like we're kind of waiting for them to have, like, oh, yeah, they won, like, 12 out of 17 or something like that. Yeah, the expectation in that dressing room is that they are a, a top-four team. They expect to win the Stanley Cup this year, as they should. That's what the belief you want to have. When you go to the Final Four, you believe you're capable of winning, and that's the belief you'll have all season long. I think there's disappointment in the dressing room that they're not better than they are right now. Uh, we saw the frustration on both Connor and Leon leaving the ice the other day here at Rogers after the Anaheim game. Uh, I don't worry about the dressing room. This is a dressing room with strong leadership core that uh, have a strong belief in their capabilities. Um, to me, this is a playoff team. You get to the playoffs, then you have an opportunity. Uh, there are things that they have to fix. And you have 82 games to figure out what works, what doesn't work, uh, who, who can play, who can't play, and then the real games start. Uh, the Oilers right now are a team that struggles to defend. They give up. They, tonight, I, I think there's five grade-A scoring chances. Well, they got they no chance up, tonight. No pro- but like, five no of the chances started behind Nashville's net, and they from behind their net within five seconds had a grade-A scoring chance. So there's tendencies that the Oilers get caught doing these, uh, get caught in poor situations that teams are now watching video of and they're implementing in their game plan. They're saying, all right, when we get it behind our net, here's where you have to go because you can catch the Oilers that way. So there are things that the Oilers certainly have to clean up because Nashville are not a world-beating team. They scored four against the Oilers. The Anaheim Ducks are a bad hockey club. They scored four against the the Edmonton Oilers. You, the Oilers have got to be better. They, they've got to win games 3-2. Two, one. They shouldn't have to score 4-5 or five every night to win hockey games. And too often lately, they've had to. Ken Holland said to Bob today he will look to add. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly he... Well, they can't trade right now. There's a roster freeze. But I think he even mentioned probably February in there. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, look, I, I will say this to everybody. There will be a trade. Yep. There, there will be a trade. It's just going to be how big is it and then we, how much is it going to help? But we won't know that till April, May, or June, probably, once we see. Like, I still think they're going to make the playoffs. I think even if they didn't change this roster, yep. uh, they, they would they would make the playoffs. But, but right, the, the, the goal, as it should be, is, is much higher because, quite frankly, the, well, I mean, the two big guys are in their peak. Hyman's at his peak. I mean, Kane's still in his peak. Nuge is having his best year ever. Yep. Uh, you know, nurse, nurse is in his probably best stretch of his career they if you go the, by age. Well, they have the best two players in the league. They have the best power play by far in the National Hockey League. It allows them in every game. Right, so they got to shave off. They just got to be better defensively. Yeah, like it, that's it's pretty simple. So it, does that mean, you know, so do you got to push Bouchard down in the rotation, push Kulak down in the rotation. Like, that's ultimately what we're talking about. Getting somebody that has, you know, other than Nurse or CeCe probably, somebody that can make the other guys play a little less. Yep. That is that good. No, yeah, the others need a top four defenseman and one with meanness. They're ju- they are uh, the front of the Oilers net, the corners of the Oilers defensive end are sometimes uh, too easy for other teams to play in. And the others don't have that guy. They don't have that Adam Larson type defense, defenseman that when you go out against them, you go back to the bench and you're rubbing a part of your body because you just got slashed or cross-checked. They don't have those players on the back. See, I, like, I wonder about Edmondson. That's the, that's yep. the one. And, he, and he's, he's still under contract for next year. But again, the others, when you, there's players out there that the others would love to have. But the others have to get rid of things that someone wants because the others, contract-wise, the salary cap. So a player like Edmondson, there's going to be a lot of people that want Edmondson. Mm-hmm. He's good. And he played, well, we saw, he plays nasty, and you can look at the Zach Hyman's forehead, the big gash he had in after getting cross-checked in the face. So that's the kind of player that the Oilers would love to have. Uh, another player that I've heard his name a few times, and not through the Oilers, but people talk, a Luke Shen. He'd be a, he's not as good. He'd be a third-pairing guy, but plays with some nastiness, plays with some meanness. Um, that's what the Oilers are missing right now in their lineup is uh, a hard-to-play-against defenseman or two. All right, Oilers lose 4-3 to the Predators. We have Travis on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Travis. Go ahead. Hey, Ray. How you doing, buddy? Good. Good, man. I'm calling from Nova Scotia just so you know. Well, cool. It's late. No, it's very late here. <laughs> I, 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 man, I, I, I can't, I can't agree 100. percent Like, I, I gotta agree 100. percent With like, which? The, the others, with everything Rob's saying. Well, thank you. You're the first person ever. I appreciate it. You are now my <laughs> best friend. Thank you. Everything, man. <laughs> the other, the others, they, they lack defense. They lack defense big time. They need somebody good. They gotta give up somebody that they think is good to get somebody that they know is good. Yep, one hundred percent. Good call. Good point. So, are you? Uh, did, would you try to trade Nuge like Sirius Gord said, or would you try to trade a younger guy like give up on a? No, I wouldn't give it to Nuge. Nuge is amazing. We need Nuge. Okay. Nuge, Nuge fits perfect. I, I, I think it's Puliyarvi's time to move on. Okay, but again, he's not as appealing to other teams because I know exactly so, right. So, Hall, so like Holloway, to... Broberg, you know, exactly. Borgo, Bouchard. Bouchard is good too. He's got to stay too. But the thing but is, like if you're Robert, gonna, if you want something Oilers, good, you're gonna have to give they, up something good the other way. Exactly. They need nastiness. They're 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 trying to be too perfect. 
Yeah. Oh, I agree. Thanks for the, thanks for the call, Travis. Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing, right? We'll trade this guy. We'll trade this guy. Well, no. Well, okay. Well, let's trade this guy. Well, he's not. This, he's bottom six, so nothing. Yeah. It, it's gonna be. It's gonna be interesting. Um, I mean, uh, Ken Holland is known for being patient. I mean, I, I see some of the stuff uh, written on blogs and social media and, and talked about. Well, he's he's not dynamic enough. He's not creative enough. You know, fair enough. Um, we'll we'll see. I mean, this is this is going to be a big test for him as well because as we were talking, like we're, there's no secret what the Oilers are lacking most. No, it's not as if we're talking about defense and somebody's thinking like, no, 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 no. It's 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 you know second line left like whatever. Like even if there's a even if there's a hole on the second line right wing. Like, sure, you want Yamamoto and Pugliarvi to be more productive, or, or whoever. Ultimately, that's you could you could actually survive that. Yes. I mean, they scored three tonight. They scored three against Nashville. That was, you know, goalie was great. Well, how did they lose to How did they lose to St. Louis? Couldn't keep the puck out of their own net late in the third. Well, you know? of the last, I just I checked out of the last 17 games. Only twice did they give up less than three goals. And they still lost one because they, they lost, lost two one, one to me. Yeah, they lost one of those two. So they just, they're, more or less, they're having to score four goals every game to win. No, there's got to be other games. I'm pretty sure. I Because they, they, they beat Mini 5-2. Yeah, they beat Arizona 8-2. Oh, sorry, th three teams. There's the two Minnesota and the Arizona one for three games. And then oh, I okay, sorry. Yeah. yeah, and then I just keep going back. It's three, three, four, four, three. So the Oilers have to score four goals, and that's a lot of pressure on you because you sometimes run into a good goaltender. Yep. And the last two games, I mean, Saros played good. The kid the other night, Fran, played excellent. So you're putting a lot of pressure on your team, and you're going to get teams, good teams, are just not going to take penalties against you. And then your power play, like the Oilers right now are living on – their power play. That's where they're creating most of their offense. And some, at some point, a team's going to figure out, hey, I'm not going to take a penalty against Edmonton because their PP is pretty good. So uh, it's no secret what the Oilers need to be better at. And it's just a matter of are the Oilers able to find someone or make a deal that's going to make them better that way. Yeah, and like you said, this will be... Uh, I mean, Murray's, Murray hadn't been playing a lot lately. I actually thought Broberg had been fine. I think Broberg. Quietly fine. I agree, 100%. But now he's hurt. Well, that's two defensemen that got hurt off ice, or yeah. not in non-games. Yeah, whatever, yeah. Non-games. But still, Broberg is good, but he, he doesn't give them that nastiness element. And that's what he, but he, he was good. He's a guy that I can't remember a big mistake well the first one when he came up yes. and he, the ranger guy beat him in front yes like his first or second shift but and since then he's been he's been solid and safe and and unfortunately he's he's out of the lineup and i thought neiman Linen was fine tonight yeah i mean he gives yeah. like at least you know what you're gonna get right and you know that's the thing some of these younger players now i know they don't play as much and maybe they're not always out against the other team's best players but they haven't been the ones no throwing the puck away or getting caught out of position. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. They're not the ones getting, making the grade A five alarm mistakes. All right. Whatever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That would allow you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. Reserve your party today, jvedmonton.ca. 4-3, the Oilers lose 
in overtime to the Predators. Nuge scored twice. You'll hear from him next on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Unable to get to it in time was McDavid. Now he gets it to Nugent Hopkins. He'll shoot. Scores! Ryan Nugent Hopkins off the post and in. Nuge, two goals tonight, both on the power play. Now has 17 goals this season. That tied at 3-3 early in the third. The Predators would go on to win at 4-3 in overtime. Alexander Carrier scoring 2-12 into the three-on-three session. Here is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, I mean, it's tough when you guys are right there to the end, sort of take me through uh, you know, where you think it got away and, and what the sense is in that room. Um, well, I thought we battled all game to give ourselves a chance and obviously just... Uh, couldn't get that second point, but um, yeah, I mean, I thought we, we battled pretty hard. They, they played a pretty solid, mm-hmm. uh, hard-working game, and I thought we matched that well. And um, kind of just comes down to um, I probably just shouldn't come off the ice there right away. Um, just let us reset, so it's frustrating, but battles get that, that point, just uh, yeah. Frustrating not to get the second one. Yeah, kind of, kind of sense that this was coming from them after the way the first two games went. You knew that they'd be coming hard. Yeah, uh, I think we definitely felt that, especially after uh, just playing them a week ago uh, in their building and um, beating them. Uh, it's not a team that goes away uh, easily, and uh, we, knew, we knew that coming in. So I thought we were pretty prepared for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, we just uh, we kept it tight. We battled all game. Five on five, you guys are, you've been unreal. Or sorry, power play, you guys have been unreal the last nine games. Two goals and seven of them. Uh, five on five, uh, just how do you balance between one er- one element of the game is going so well and the other one is just kind of um, struggling? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously we want our five on five game to uh, to keep getting better and better. and um, uh, But at the same time, our power play needs to, to be able to score um, goals in timely situations. and. Um, I feel like we've been doing that as of late, but um, it, it should bleed into our 5-on-5 five five play too. And uh, I don't think that we played poorly 5-on-5. Five five. Uh, we just didn't, didn't find a way to, to put any in, but um, I, I don't think it was a bad 5-on-5 five five game for us. Oh, sorry. A uh, bit of a sag in the last three games. Do you, do you sense that? How do you pull out of it? Um, obviously, that uh, St. Louis game was... Uh, we all we all felt like we should have got that uh, second point there. So. Again, a bit of a frustrating result, but um, Anaheim, we worked and worked, and we couldn't find an extra one, so um, we got to stick with it. I mean, it's a long season. You can go through uh, adversity like this, but, I mean, it's the way that you bounce back from adversity. Um, that kind of shows the the, uh, the character of your team, so um, obviously looking for a big one in, in Dallas. Kind of buried in the result, but as a teammate, how nice was it to see Jesse end up breaking that goalless drought? Great, it was, it was great. I mean, he's uh, he's been working hard, um, shooting the puck a lot, and uh, to see him make a nice play at the blue line and uh, put that one in. And also, a big big goal for our team at that time too. So, um, we're definitely happy for him, and uh, I think everybody was pretty excited on the bench. All right, so Nugent Hopkins scores twice tonight, 17 on the season. couple of assists for McDavid. His point streak now at 13 games. He has 29 points over that run. Tyson Berry got an assist 
today. He has a point streak himself, 11 assists in seven games, but the Oilers only get a single point. They're 17-14-2 on the season. The Predators take it 4-3 in overtime. They are 13-13-4. Get more on this game, more on the Oilers on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Oilers Hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. Our next game broadcast is Wednesday, 6 o'clock face-off show game at 7.30 as they visit the Dallas Stars. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. Big thanks to our studio producer this evening, Kellen Kennedy. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.